welcome to the 10th edition of the Picky Bastard podcast, where we discuss new music as a facade to cover up for insulting each other. My name is Matt, and we're joined by our resident Picky Bastards in Manchester, Nick and Fran. How Hello. you guys doing? How goes? How's it going? You are right. It's good. You sound yeah, very you professional so far, Matt. I'm, I'm, I'm liking that. Nothing but. Yep. <laughs> right. So today we're going to be talking about... Um, a festival so it's a special episode and this is one fran is heading to and yes. it's the end of road festival and it's going to take place in dorset at the end of august on the 30th and the headliners are vampire weekend saint vincent feist and yola tango and so we have six albums from artists that are all going to be there um and so we're going to be talking about proto Marta with relatives and descent soccer mummy with clean ezra Furman with Transangelic Exodus, and Gruff Reese with Set Fire to the Stars. We have the classic album, Yolo Tengo's I Can Hear the Heart Beating as One. And lastly, I'm going to tell you about why I love Big Thief. And so let's get this started with yeah. some questions. Um, I'm going to start with you, Nick. Yes, I'm going to start with me. Thank you. Thanks for putting me on the spot when I'm so unprepared. Brilliant. He's just learned the question, but everybody, like everybody knows. If he sounds like he's not got a clue, it's because he's just realised we're giving him the questions. <laughs> about a month ago, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, about a month ago. So yeah, yeah. 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 Fair enough. Some leeway. I'll roll with the punches. It's fine. Okay, so what album would you most like to see live? So, um, I suppose, well, yeah, I'm, I, it's difficult because I'm quite tempted to talk about um, something... Uh, which we can't talk about till later, the Big Thief yeah. stuff. But I'll talk about. I'll stick with the five, the main, uh, the main five. I guess I would go with seeing Ezra Furman actually, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like there's a few reasons for that. I think it's a. It seems like a a, a good energetic album that would be um, worth sort of digging into in a live setting. I will say that um, that doesn't mean that I love the album all the way through. <laughs> uh, in fact, um, I had a very big problem with the opening of the album actually that's the that's um one of the unfortunate things about it is i suck think the it starts my wound. yeah suck the blood from my wound well, yeah um <laughs> sorry <laughs> you're an idiot <laughs> <laughs> to me um the, the album has a lot of let me let me go back a little bit the, the album has a lot of strong parts it has a lot of experimentation particularly with like noise sounds and stuff which i really liked um, I thought can we just production... go back a little bit and can you explain what a noise sound is? Please? I mean, like distorted synth <laughs> sounds and broken okay. guitar sounds. Just because I thought a noise and a sound were the same thing. So yeah, that's true. That's that's true. Like okay, same. fair enough. That's time corrected, <laughs> but you see what I'm, where I'm going with that. Um, so there's a lot of that stuff going on in the album that I, I really liked, and I sort of got into that as I went through it a few times. I had to really fight against how much I disliked the opening song, which to me... Um, I, I'm actually a little bit scared that I know what the name of the song is that um, that this sounds like, but it sounds a lot like Brian Adams. No, it doesn't. It sounds Wait. like the summer of 69. Is it called the summer of 69? I mean, it sounds absolutely that, nothing that like summer of 69. That is a song. I think it sounds like that. I'm sorry. And, and I don't it, think you've ever heard one of my, of 69. It's not one of my favourites of all time. Um, Can we just uh, overrule him on that? No, Nonsense. I actually like, don't think you yeah, can do that, yeah. no. Um, so it was really frustrating. The album started <laughs> off that way and then uh, turned into something more interesting as I went through it. Um, and that's why I figure that in a live setting, it probably wouldn't be in this order for a start uh, and it might have some more stuff going on. Um, it was kind of an old-fashioned sound as well in some ways. Mm. I quite like the way it blended between yeah. old-fashioned um, sort of 
uh, road trip music almost. There was a lot uh, of stuff about going traveling and stuff. So yeah. I mean, it's it? actually a concept album about a road trip. Um, ah. Two people Here escape. I think all the people research. escaping from um, escaping from prison or something. Uh, to yeah, yeah, and that's there's kind of a road trip throughout it, which kind of yeah was obvious, but you know, you got there. Thank you, so. thanks very much. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, to me, uh, that's a kind of very old style genre, almost not quite a genre, sort of sort of sub genre, but um, I still thought it was interesting the way it blended that with these kind of broken tones a lot of the time, a lot of the way through the album. So, so I like that. Um, I liked uh, No Place, is it called? Yeah. yeah that's yeah. Uh, That yeah. was one of the, the better, strong, stronger songs on the whole album. Um, I thought uh, there were some songs that sounded a little bit St. Vincent-y. Uh, no, that's not a phrase. Um, <laughs> it's better than noise sounds. <laughs> <laughs> which was, for example, what's the one called? Um, the Dress, 899 yeah. at Goodwill. Maraschino. Maraschino, Red Dress at 899 at Goodwill. Um, was very St. Vincent-y, but to me, um, I enjoyed this more than I enjoyed the St. Vincent. I, I think people probably may remember that I wasn't named St. Vincent when mm. we came across it before. Um, so yeah, it was, it, was, it was worthwhile digging into, um, even though it was off-putting at the start with the cheesy... Uh, dated uh, guitar riffing Brian Adams cover at the start. <laughs> right, okay, I'm going to go in now because the best song in this album is it. Suck the Blood from My Wound, <laughs> <laughs> the opening song. It just is. Uh, there's not really any argument about that. But um, I think there's a little bit of an argument. Just a yeah, tiny no, bit. you're wrong. Um, for me, this was, yeah. I think, my favourite album of, of the five. Uh, the five, other than, obviously, Big Thief we'll talk about later, but it was my favourite album of the, the five new ones. Um it was just really interesting, I thought. And I think, I get what you're saying. There is some sort of, it's it's a bit of a different genre to what I'm used to listening to. Although some of it, I've said this so many times on the podcast, but there was some elements of David Bowie influence to it, definitely. Um, but yeah. I think it's just like a really quite joyful sounding album and quite liberated sound. Because like, there's a lot of stuff about his coming out and uh, about his, because he's a, transvestite so he talks about that quite a bit hence the red dress song um but there's some quite dark issues in there um and i think one of the lines which in the opening song the line to them will always be freaks kind of talked to me about what the whole album was about really it's kind of that recognizing that people see you as a freak and just being unashamed about it and just going for it really um yeah so suck the blood was one of my favorite songs but i've also written down love you so bad Compulsive Liar, I think, is one of the most interesting songs. It's um, a song about like the difficult difficulty of coming out, but how if you you know hide your true self for longer, that's when you sort of become a compulsive liar, and that takes over your life. I thought that was really interesting. Mm. Now the only one, the only thing I'd say that I didn't like was probably the last song, where I think he got. A, do you remember Mika? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah the last song, I lost my innocence, just got a little bit too close to Mika territory okay. for me. Okay, but other than that, yeah, I was, I was. I was a big fan. I'll definitely be seeing him at End of the Road. So, yeah. What about I you, also Matt? liked um, The oh. Great Unknown. I don't think I mentioned that one as well. Yeah. It was one of the other strong yeah. songs I thought. It had these really nice, um, this huge drum sound, like at a distance, mm. which I thought was quite interesting. So uh, so that worked really well as well. That was another one. So we've pretty yeah. much named all the songs. Well, there, it's a lot of good stuff yeah, on it. I'm, I'm, I'm not yeah. slaying it entirely. I just think it's got one huge issue. The Mika song. Yeah. The opening well, song. I... I would say we have a consensus because yeah, it's. It, I thought it was a great album. It also probably my favorite. Yay! There you go. Um, I wouldn't say "Suck the Blood from My Wound" was the best song. 
is. But it was definitely a great start to the album. Yeah. Um, but no, no place was my favorite. Yeah, no place sure. is great as well. That, yeah, that just felt like almost like a, he was angry, and you could feel like that kind of almost assaulting you through your ears. Mm. But it was still also like the, or the entire way through was still joyous, which was yeah, it was great. I really enjoyed listening to this, and it's definitely was one I was uh, maybe more skeptical going in, and mm. then came out most changed probably. Why do you think you were skeptical? Well, I think I'd, I'd heard heard of him, and it's been recommended him by people who I don't normally right take their opinion to. It's not because you're secretly a homophobe, then. Okay, no. he went there. <laughs> he went there. Anyway, yeah, we'll move on Moving from that. Fran, yes. <laughs> I hope you really get him with a difficult question. I'm not the one you prepped for, but something completely unrelated would be great at that point. Yeah, don't do that. He deserves well, I, it. I want, I want an answer and a description for this. Which, which one is most likely going to get you to move? And well, so I want you to describe how you're going to move as well. I will describe how I'm going to move because I, I decided not to interpret this question in the way you were intending me to because, one, you know I don't dance. I mean, the only yeah. movement I make is when I'm very drunk, I lift my arms in the air and sort of shake them around a I've little bit. I've seen you that's, not dance before, Yeah, actually. Matt's yeah. seen it many and times. Uh, that's what I do. Yeah. So none of them... I mean, and if I was going to choose an album that I may possibly have got drunk and then danced to, it would have been The Edge with Furman. Um, so okay. I decided to interpret it slightly differently, and the one that got me moving the most often to the skip button, <laughs> and which would also get me moving <laughs> if they came on state. Although I'm going to say that I think maybe some of the latest stuff's going to be I'm going to enjoy more when I listen to it but um it would be the Yola Tengo um I okay if I was based just on this album which is called I Can Hear the Heart Beating as One I, I wouldn't be watching them at the festival um which is a shame because wow. they're headlining the Thursday night and I don't think there'll be that much of a choice but I'll find something um, <laughs> he'll dig around <laughs> and find something somewhere um, I don't know a terrible comedian or something like that but um <laughs> It just felt a bit nothing, nothingy to me. Nothingy. It's a bit like Saint Vincenty. It's not a word. Yeah, I'm using it. It felt a bit nothingy. It felt a bit. Time, this is a bit of a overstatement, but there was times when it felt like it was barely music to me. Wow. <laughs> it was kind of just happening. Yes. Autumn That's sweater. Old. Autumn sweater. One of the songs. That's my main example of that. Like I just didn't see what the point of it was from a lyric perspective, from a music perspective. Um, I, think, I think that's one of their biggest songs. Is it right? I'm probably not going to yeah. like this band, am I? Um, <laughs> like I've I've been told by a, some, a friend who's a big fan that the more recent stuff is probably more my kind of thing. They've gone a bit more folky, so I'll give that a go. But um, the closest thing I can think to compare it to from previous podcasts we've done is the My Bloody Valentine. And I know it's not like that very musically, but I just think like the vocals were quite low in the mix a lot. The music was quite ploddy. It was quite repetitive, and it was just a bit shit. Um, so yeah, that's kind of me on Yola Tango. Wow. Um, wow. And I'm not going to apologise. What do you reckon, Nick? Um, I reckon he's wrong, but in, in, in several different ways, actually. Interestingly, <laughs> he's not just, not just wrong about one thing here. Um, I mean, I, I would say I, I knew the band a little bit, but not this album. Um, and I, I think that they do some things very, very well. And I really enjoyed those moments in the album, which are, to me, the more delicate and slower, sort of dreamy sort of music, um, which yeah. includes, for example... Um, Autumn sweater. Autumn sweater. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just said he hated. I like the way you use the word dreamy because I'm an insomniac and this album can put me to sleep. So. 
I thought, um, I see what you're saying about my bloody Valentine in a way, though, because I do think there is actually something very consistently kind of drifting around mm. a lot of the melodies and stuff in these in these songs. Um, so I think that actually works really well when they do that stuff. And I, I was actually surprised that there was a bit more variety than I was expecting away from that in some of this album. Again, I didn't know this album specifically at all. Um, and actually, this this album's uh, the one it drifts away from those quiet things and gets into the louder stuff. I was actually less into it. I felt like it wasn't. It didn't really suit them that well. Um, for example, is it is it Sugar Cube? Yeah, Sugar yeah, Cube that was one of the, the sort of louder one, yeah. ones, and and it, I just didn't seem to gel for me. It just seemed a bit like noisy without any sort of melodic control. Um, so I think they do some things very well. Um, I also really liked. Um, is it called Green? Green Jack, Green Arrow, Green Arrow. yeah, Green Arrow. Uh, that yeah. was a really sort of nice drifting song as well. Um, really sort of, I mean, I, I hesitate to say the word pleasant because I think <laughs> that would be the kind of thing that Fran would be horrified to think it might be good. <laughs> but um, but I thought it was there was a lot of engaging stuff in it. But I just don't think I think they're a band that ha- that needs to stick to what they really do well, and I, they didn't always in this case. There is one example yeah. I'll give though. Uh, one PM again. Um, is it does sort of give a little bit of weight to Fran's perspective on the album because this one was so gentle, so soft that it felt like it just mm. sort of dissipated into nothing. It was just, um, it was so sort of slight um, that it just had no weight behind it at all. And that got, that crossed the line into a little bit boring for me. So I like that you started um, off saying you, I'm wrong about so many things and then you just agreed with me on at least three one thing. Things. You agreed with me that. You know, it's sugar cubes terrible. I hadn't said that already, but I agree. So, you know, <laughs> like, we agree. I know to with you if you haven't even said it yet. Um, yeah. So uh, anyway, so basically, you know, I, th- I think it had some really good stuff in it, but I, I wasn't totally in love with it. But I think it's got some good stuff in it. And I think Fran is definitely wrong, as uh, I see on the screen in front of me. Uh, Fran <laughs> is wrong. Well, you might have to explain that because everyone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So on our so. Uh, <laughs> We've actually now got the logo uh, on the on the screen uh, for Mask's Skype profile picture. Set, profile picture. It she says Fran is wrong in capital letters on it, what? which is absolutely perfect. And yet, Matt is the one that's wrong occasionally. Yeah. yeah. Well, am I wrong on this one, I'm, Matt? I'm, am I, I wrong on the Tango? Yeah. I think you. Yeah, you're definitely wrong. I I think it's not it's not a perfect album. No. Um, by a long shot. Um. But I thought it was interesting. I was like, did a bit of reading about them, and they started off as a covers band, essentially, with a ginormous back catalogue. And I think you can see some of that in this because it's oh. to me it was quite diverse between each of the songs. Like every different song, I almost had a different artist written down for who's influenced it or what what they're kind of uh, drawing from, and it felt almost like they were aping all these different people while putting it in their own album um which is good and bad in some some sense so i just didn't think it was that cohesive as a whole especially when it's such a long album mm. yeah it it like the whole playlist that we put together this this month a long was album. pretty very long mm. yeah. um, but this one was like it was like 16 17 songs and two of those were like five plus minutes yeah one's 10 minutes yeah and so it was new back v bob yeah yeah and so I, I like i enjoyed a lot of it but um it just got a bit too much by the end mm. but i would one song i did really like which i probably don't um was moby octopus because i just thought it was really fun 
That's the second. That's one with the with the sort of driving bass, isn't it? It's got like really, yeah. really bass-driven song. Yeah, I actually like that song quite a bit. Yeah, I thought the bass was really tight on it as well. It was really um, clean yeah. and present. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it's weird to hear yeah. you both saying so much about the the variation and stuff because it just all sounded the same to me, apart from a couple of songs that stuck really? out for being particularly annoying. Um, Sugar Cube and Autumn Sweater being the two main ones. It, I couldn't. This when you're saying a lot of the songs, I can't. Oh, no, them two aren't similar. I'd like to say they're two that stick out, but. Mm. I can't, you're saying a lot of song names and I can't pick out which one's which because they all sounded quite samey to me. Maybe you should just put the work nothing in, Fran. Nothing. Maybe you should make an effort. I will admit that this is the album yeah, I've listened, probably listened to the least the whole time we've done Picky Bastards. Come on. Honestly. This is the worst album we've done. I'm Picky not Bastards. saying it's the worst because sometimes with the albums that I've really not liked, I've spent a bit more time with them to try and figure out what is what it is I hated about it. <laughs> I mean, maybe I listened to Paul Bearer less than this, but right. I wouldn't about... say there's anything else other than... Oh, God, Go Team. All right, okay. Ah. It's not the least. Oh, no, actually, I think I listen to the Go Team more than I listen to this. I do think I listen to the Go Team more than I listen to this. But I I never got all the way through it very often, but I tried it more than I tried this because I was just bored by this, whereas Go Team made me angry, so I could at least enjoy being an angry (laughs) bastard for a bit. What a surprise. Yeah. So, yeah. um, So, we we, uh, have other questions, or should we go into some of the ones? Where we team up, What... uh, What... Did you struggle with any of the albums, Nick, or were you positive about them all? Uh, no, uh, no, I was not positive about them all. No, uh, <laughs> okay. I, I think um, yeah, uh, there was there was nothing on this list that I absolutely loved. Really? Um, I'm mean, I'm talking about the the main acts now, not the not the um, uh, big thief. That you're going to sort of while I'm mm-hmm. later. Yeah. Um, yeah. There were none of them I loved. Uh, I thought there was a lot of. Um, inconsistency in in some of them um which was kind of frustrating um so for example let me talk about protomata should we talk about protomata um let's go for it i thought it was um i thought it started off really well actually Uh, i'm trying to remember the name of the opening opening song i did yeah staggering isn't it um private understanding yeah uh yeah. was was a really great uh way to open the album up and it seemed really really fresh and not um just like a generic rock band uh i mean it's still sounding melodic and you know i think it worked really well um i think over the course of the album my feeling was that it sort of lost direction a little bit and started to drift into things that were a bit more um all over the place um melodically um i didn't I didn't hate it, but um, I, for example, I, I also liked. Uh, is it Catriona? Is that is that one of the yeah, songs? We'll yeah, that. Um, I think that's I think that's pronouncing that rally correctly. Um, that was a strong one as well. But in general, after the first, in the second half of the album, I was a lot less interested in the first half. Um, no, no, <laughs> says no. <laughs> what a surprise! Um, yeah, so uh, to me, it was it was um, it just seemed like. I don't know. I don't know if they. I say they run out of ideas would be really unfair. But in this in this set of songs, um, the best ideas have come up early on and have been pushed through uh, more coherently in the first half of the album than the second half. That's all I would say. Mm. Okay. Well, so why don't I you go in first? Exactly. Before, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Before Fran wrecks before we start shouting about it again. Do you? Oh, okay. I agree with you, Nick. Okay. I, I you think the first half's better? Yeah. I right. also felt it like I lost interest towards the end. Um, like. The first song, I uh, also agree, is a great song. It was very haunting, mm. I thought. The way the drums kind of bounced the around. The first song is great. So quite hypnotic. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, to be honest, like this kind of music often, it's like, I'm going to like it because of the style, irregardless. Yeah. And 
if it's bad, I'm still going to enjoy listening to it. <laughs> I, I think it was good. Call this bad. So that made right, okay, good. Even, that didn't. made it even more pleasurable. Okay. Um, but I don't know. My favorite song was The Chocolate. I thought that was funny. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's not just because of the title. <laughs> no. I was just, like, never actually listened to it. just saw the title. The title, the title was hilarious. <laughs> the sarcasm all the way through. It was, it was, it was uh, I think it was funny. It was a solid song. Do you, uh, did you hear, I know it was before you were involved, but did you hear Oxbow at all? Have you ever heard the Oxbow album? I I listened to it a couple times. Okay. I just wondered if you thought there was any correlation because I th- feel like there's a little bit of an overlap. Mm. And I didn't listen to it enough to be able to. Okay, all right, no worries. I did. I, I can't dig it. I can't dig it out of memory. <laughs> Fran, Fran hated it, so we'll see what he thinks. I didn't hate it. I just thought it was crap. <laughs> <laughs> and there we sum up Fran's perspective on picky bastards. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Yeah, I know what I mean. But um, yeah, you yeah. are you still going, Matt? You want me to jump in or? Yeah. I just said one more thing. In yep. general, I like the there, there were a few songs where there was like very immediate drumming, mm, and yeah. it was followed by like a slower guitar melody, mm. and they they were the songs that really I think grabbed me. Yeah, yeah, and I think when they tried to vary from that, it didn't work as well for me. One other thing I'll, I'll just drop in as well is that I thought there was some association with Husker Du personally, with that. Um, <laughs> Don't know that, they are. Oh my god! All right, you're that just sounds like a cartoon. You're fired. Sure, what do you want? Did you say Husker Do? Yeah. Are you saying you need to be new? You people are so young, it's just sickening. All right, never mind. C- carry on. Another band who are very important and who did a lot of great stuff. They could have so. got a better name though, couldn't they? Let's so just Husker Do. <laughs> you can't slate a band you've never even heard of until two seconds ago. All right, never mind. Uh, oh well, okay. forget that. On, I just I was just going to say that was an association. People who recognise good music and know some about music history might actually realise that that's a good yeah, association. Husker do, yeah. so. They're huge. Um, <laughs> right. Okay. So I'm going to seminal band. Come talk on. about your points about the the first half being better than the second half. Well, the best three songs on this album are "Male Plague," "Corpses in Regalia," and "Half Sister," which are the last three songs. <laughs> "Corpses in Regalia" is outstanding. Um, absolutely love that song. Um, his delivery on it is incredible. Um, there's the bit where he sings about um, drinking Balthazars and drinking Nebuchadnezzar's, which are, I don't know what they are, but the way he delivers it is just amazing. He's got a brilliant delivery. I really love his... And this is maybe where... The, I can see what you're saying with Oxbow, but I couldn't stand that guy's voice or his delivery. I thought this guy... You see they're on the same sort yeah, of map. They're, they're yeah, trying yeah, to do the same yeah, kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. But these, for me, did it a lot better. Okay. Um, I think it's a really dense album, and I think... Um, it's difficult to unpick in a way, but I think I've spent a lot of time with it. I, I just kind of think it's it's great. Um, I've read a bit of the lyrics and stuff like that, and they've got some quite dark apocalyptic lyrics. But for me, I didn't, I didn't spend that much time thinking about that in the end. Which usually lyrics are the big thing to me, but I just enjoyed listening to, just listening to them. I just think they're really quite, quite aggressive. They're quite. They're quite aggressive, quite but maybe, maybe I, I was hoping when I heard the name Protomata that we were going to reach a black metal band that I liked But you something, can't spend every, every time we do a playlist. They just you, aren't heavy enough. If something's not heavy enough for what you're <laughs> expecting, then it's not good enough. It's not how music works, man. It's, All music serves me. Yeah, <laughs> it's just not the way the world works. Yeah. Um, wow. I think this is, I mean, I've, I said the Ezra Furman before, but it, this was... I, it's a toss-up between the two for me. I really, really like this album. And I would have picked it as the one I'd 
most like to see in a live setting. I think they'll be amazing live. Um, so yeah, yeah, really good. And I, actually, I'm not going to argue that the first. I think the whole album's strong personally. And the private understanding, the opening song's great as well. Um, the Chuckler is good. Don't go to Anacita's good. It's. I just thought it was really strong. And I kind of thought both of you would like it more than you do. So. Mm. Oh, I still like it. I, I still, I still like think it's it, all right. Yeah, but... I still think it's all right. I just just think it's. You know. Corpses and Regalia, though, both seriously. Listen to that song again. Spencer, that's a, it's an amazing song. It's the best song on this playlist. I'm going to put oh, that the out playlist. there. Yeah. Well, it's one of the best songs on the playlist. <laughs> it's not, I'm not going to get into your... I'm not going to tell you about your why, why yeah, you the, love the Big Fifi. Stuff I'm not getting into that. Business, well. oh, yeah, but, um, yeah. but Corpses and Regalia is the best on the, on the five other albums okay. for me. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. Cool. So, uh, yeah. Um, Matt, Any would you... Any more questions, Matt? Yeah, Fran, what do you want to talk to or talk about? Soccer Mummy or Grapperies? Well, I'll go with um I'll go with Soccer Mummy, which the album's called Clean. Um this was the album I had most difficulty making my mind up about actually. Um I think my expectations were really high because I'd been following the end of the road Twitter and um on Reddit and stuff and they when Soccer Mummy were announced, so many people were really excited and um they're they're actually this album was given the best new music of the week in Pitchfork, which for me, usually oh. I quite like Pitchfork. I think they, they've got, they pretty, yeah. choose pretty well. So with such high expectations, my initial feeling was a bit of disappointment, really. Um, I think Nick said it in a few recent um, podcasts that it maybe feels a bit facile and a little bit weak sometimes, some of the things they're singing about. But... I did think it, it did grow on me, and I think there's something quite endearing about her sort of honesty and her just complete lack of any attempt to be cool. She's just kind of happy to just show that she's a bit of a geek and doesn't really have any a cool bone in her body, which, you know, I thought was... I got into that a little bit, and I also think there's a couple of songs on it. There's a song called Your Dog, which I really liked, and that pulled me back in quite a bit, and a song called Skin that I liked. It kind of ended up being one of the ones I listen to the most but um, I think again as I said I think we said about Princess Nokia last time and a couple of others it's, I think there's more potential there than there is that she's where she she might get to she's really young I think like 21 or something so yeah I enjoyed it I didn't love it it wasn't as good as I was expecting but mm. I'll stick I'll stick with her despite the terrible name Soccer Mommy mm. I'll give her <laughs> for a go but yeah I mean that's, that's probably me yeah Matt what do you think? So I I like this album a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a another tale of like young heartbreak. And yeah. but I think she remains quite um, like happy throughout. It's quite bright and happy, which considering some of the subjects she's talking about is quite uh, impressive. Um, I for me, I was comparing it back to Jason. Yeah, I was going to ask you what's the difference between them. With you, what do you think? I compared I think, them as well, but I I was thinking that um, and really it's just a lot better done. I th- I think maybe it's just because it's a bit poppier, but mm. it just connected to me a lot more than Jason did. Um, and I, yeah, I I thought it was really good. I I want to go see her now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like uh, I think. She builds the songs in a lot more effective way than Jay Song. Like the Scorpio Rising in the middle of yeah. the album. Yeah. It's such a great way it builds. Yeah, it's, it's a good much song. More, much more effective than anything I think I heard in the Jay Song album. Mm. And so that that's why 
that's why I prefer this one a lot more. And yeah, she's crazy young. So she just yeah. dropped out of the uh, university I, I work at. Oh, really? She's And she's only like 20, so she's going to do tons of stuff, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. And But Jay Song as well. She's she's also still young. So yeah, lots to come, right? Yeah. Um, I'm not going to predict what Nick says about this, but I, yeah, I think I, I know. I think it's been... <laughs> you are going to predict that in your mind. Um, so yeah, I uh, I think it actually it kind of went through two two cycles listening to this album a few times through. Um, one was um, there was some th- in- really interesting things went on in the first couple of songs with breaking traditional song recording methods. Mm. One was uh, in the opening song, I think it was um, the pan. There's panning. There's a, there's a panning change where suddenly near the end of the song. Uh, she moves off to very hard to the right or something and then just suddenly pulls back in again. And right. it's a really disorientating effect, which I thought was really cool and interesting, you know? Uh, and then yeah. in the second song, near the end again, there's like a tempo thing where it sort of breaks, it suddenly starts to slow itself down. Mm. I don't know if you remember that. And the, the song is uh, cool. cool. Um, yeah, the song yeah. is called Cool. And it, it has this moment really near the end where it sort of breaks down. I thought, wow, this is really um, doing some interesting stuff that spit, puts a different spin on... Uh, you know the the kind of traditional guitar mm. indie kind of music, but I have to say, as I went through it further and went over it a few more times, I started to feel like those things were there to mask what was not that exciting songwriting. Um, <laughs> I think the JSON was better personally. Yeah, I think um, I would slightly put the JSON above it, but I'd, yeah, just... and, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I think I would put it. I definitely put the JSON ahead. Uh, to me, um, the songwriting was was very um was extremely clean uh and plain um and then these effects it felt i felt a little bit like when i got further into the album i've been a bit duped mm-hmm. because like a producer <laughs> and maybe her or, or a producer was working with her had said right we got this this kind of acoustic ballad um you're gonna do um let's let's screw around with the, the panning on this or let's do something radical with tempo and stuff, you know, to try and map that over it. It wasn't integral to the, to the music. And that was really disappointing. So, I, you know, after initially hearing, I listened to the, you know, I kind of, I don't know if you do the same thing, both of you. I, I listen maybe to the first three or four songs and then I go again, listen to the first few, four, and then through to the rest. And then No, nobody kind of, does that. That's weird. Oh, I, I always try yeah. to dig in a little bit and <laughs> dig in again a bit further, a bit further, a bit further each time. So I hear the start of the album a lot and then I start to hear further and further and it, it depends kind of how well it goes, how far I get with that. But um, crazy. That's strange, really? man. It's an album. I've, I've always done it that way. I've and you always, always talk way. about not shuffling things and stuff like that. And not, and yeah, but not yeah, each one is like, it's like yeah, it's hard to describe. It's like, it's like, it's like, being introduced again and again. I kind of feel like you shouldn't have revealed that. Okay, well, I, yeah. feel, I feel that. Do you used I feel to do that, that with CDs? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I did. Just skip back, skip back. Just you start do again. All the time with albums. If I, unless I sit down, if I listen to the whole album, if I sit there for an hour and listen to the whole yeah. album, I will, of course. Why? But if I'm coming back to it afresh, I won't always start in the middle again. I'll start well, no, from yeah, the start of the weird. story, as it were. So it's... there you go. So what do you mean that would be weird? <laughs> Each option is weird. You can't say both ways are weird. Uh, pick one. Um, so yeah, so the, my point is that, that those first few songs that had those kind of interesting things on them, or mm. you know, very explicit, interesting things on them, um, had kind of led me into something that I felt like I'd been a, a kind of a little bit, a little bit duped into feeling that there was more radical stuff going on than actually was. So to me, it was disappointing. Um, I know she's really young, and I'm sure she. Good luck to her. I'm sure she'll do great stuff and all that stuff. But to me, it's not something that in itself, right now, I'm that interested in. Well, there you go. I mean, fair enough. 
I think I, I interesting. I'd fall. I'd fall right in the middle of you two. I'd say. I think. I think it's better than Nick saying. But I think Matt, you've got a bit carried away with yourself. So, <laughs> well, as always, Fran, you're wrong. Um, Fran is wrong. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see. I will see alive. I think unless she clashes with someone else. Yeah. <laughs> Just as anyone else playing in the festival and there's six stages away. If she clashes with Pro Mata or Esma Furman, then yeah, I'll be going to them. But yeah, if yeah. she's So it's so it's only Yola Tango you're not gonna see. I mean I, I honestly do think I'm gonna listen I'm gonna listen to more Yola Tango. I'm gonna listen because I think when the end of the road released the lineup I kind of created a playlist and I listened to their latest album and I I remember thinking it was okay. So I think I might like them more than I like that album, if you know what I mean. But um, that, yeah. if, if they were playing that album in full, I'd, I probably wouldn't go to the festival. <laughs> there is there is a hell of a lot of buzz around Soccer Mummy as well. I mean, yeah. You talk about Pitchfork and Enemy yeah. have been all over it as well. I mean, it's just been... Um, I've, read, I've read about it all over the place. So I feel like it's... Um, maybe don't listen to me. Just everyone's just go out and listen to Soccer Mummy. I'm, sure, I'm sure you'll love she, it. She retweeted a, um, a comment the other day that someone had made on, on Pitchfork and it just said... Um, the fact that you have it's something along the lines of the fact that you've chosen Soccer Mummy as the best new music of this week makes you a laughable institution and I will never be listening to your reviews again or something and she'd retweeted it so she's obviously got a sense of humour oh, about good. it and, that's good. Yeah. and gets it and uh, she's yeah. quite relatable on Twitter actually I recommend people follow her because she's just very down to earth and normal okay. which which she sounds like in her music which I yeah. hope maybe as she progresses she might get a little bit more lyrically interesting there is some stuff like in, in your dog where she talks about someone chewing her up and spitting her out of the teeth, which is quite interesting. But sometimes when she's talking about, I want to be that cool and stuff, I just felt a little bit like, come on, you can, you can write a little bit better than that. Yeah. So I think that <laughs> yeah, I'd want to see a bit of progress. That. Fran and I are in agreement for once on that one. But it is better than you're saying it is. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Right. So that leaves just Gruff Reese. So uh, yeah, why don't, you, why don't you start actually on this one? Yeah, you started yet, have you? Yeah. Um, well, I guess we need a bit of backing for this. It's a soundtrack, right? Yeah. To a movie, which I don't know what movie it is. But it's, it's about set, some poet you know, guy, possibly John Malcolm Brennan, because that's the name age. of the first song. Uh, <laughs> I tell you that I've, apparently it's a critically panned film that's got something it? like 3.4 on IMDb. So oh God. just to great. put that context in there, because I thought about watching it, so I had a bit of context, but then I read the reviews and thought, no. Yeah. Yeah, I exactly the same. I, I, I looked it up and then forgot the name, but I was like, no, no, it's not worth putting myself through no. that. Um, and listening to the album itself, so some of the songs were quite fun in the way that they were set in a certain time period. Mm. And so you had kind of the jazzier elements or um, I quite like the song Atom Bomb. That was, <laughs> that, was, that was quite fun. I'll get to what I've uh, written about that song. <laughs> okay. But the, the only real good stat like it was like maybe i'd put this in a playlist for listening to separately mm. was the uh the title track so and, the stars. i thought that was the only yeah the only cohesive song that stood by itself mm. and a lot a lot of a lot of the songs themselves felt like they were there were little themes or obviously related to certain characters or certain moments and they kept on getting chopped and modified which was an interesting process to listen to but it's not something i'd really revisit i don't think Mm. um i think it would mean a lot more if i did watch the uh watch the the movie Mm. but i'm not sure i'm convinced by the album to actually go and do that yeah i mean i'll i'll definitely say that when i discovered so first of all i love 
Gruff Reese's work in the past and Super Animals' work is huge for me. And we might do a why I love in due course about Super Furries. Um, but uh, when I saw this was a soundtrack, I was immediately disheartened mm. um, because yeah. if it, they, it's so hard for a soundtrack not to fall foul of a lot of uh, problematic things around breaking songs up into lots of little bits turning different mixes out as different songs when they're not really different songs. Mm. Um, you know, not having the narrative focus of the movie to understand what the point of all the moves are that are made. Um, I mean, also this song, this album, is it 24 songs? Is that right? 20 something Something songs? silly like that, but a lot of them, to be fair, are like 30 seconds long. Exactly. So, but yeah. I, I've got to say, I mean, I know they're trying to replicate what's done in the movie, but mm. don't replicate things that are 20 seconds yeah, long. Yeah, you don't have to put every bit of music in You don't have to put it all yeah. in there. Put in songs yeah. that are really are songs that represent yeah, yeah. something to do with what the music's about. Rather, I mean, this is pretty much a sound effect bank, isn't it? I mean, it's just yeah. like every single time yeah. anyone opened a door or something, there's the sound of that oh, on yeah, the yeah, recording, yeah. you know. The so, the, I mean, there's a, there's a run of songs called Log Cabin 1, Log Cabin 2, Log Cabin yeah. 3, and it was just, yeah. Yeah. Doors opening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, I, that all, all that said, he still has a very beautiful voice, and I think the instrumentation on some of the songs, such as the title sack, as you, as you mentioned, Matt, um, are really uh, beautiful. Um, but ultimately, that doesn't make an album. Now, that's that's a, you know that's a mm. single, maybe an EP. Twenty four songs of it is is really a problem. Um, so I don't really I don't really hold Gruff Reese. Res- responsible for that in a way i mean i feel like that's that's the album of producers have put this out as a, as a collection and they've made some they yeah. made a big mistake i think in that respect so um i think you're letting him some... off a little bit there i think he cho- i think he's very he was very in charge of this was he the, was he well then it looks like and i think i'm he... sad to say then he's he, he's made some mistakes yeah. with it, i feel like because it's you yeah. know i think he's been so clever and also uh, talking about the good matter i do with the album and stuff you know many bands i i love of, of the many bands i love Super Animals might be one of the best cohesive album makers. Mm. You know, they really make narrative out of albums and, you know, brilliant trajectory. The whole arc is fantastic. So to have something like this was just a lot of fragments sort of thrown together with some beautiful setting and some beautiful instrumentation here and there um, is, is just really unfortunate. So, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a letdown for me. I was looking mm. forward to it. And, I, you know, I understand now. I, I actually noticed, I think, a new single's come out. So maybe it's got a new album coming out next week, apparently. Yeah, so we, we've just kind of missed the boat, unfortunately, timing-wise, yeah, to yeah, get the actual new album reviewed. But and maybe it's great. I mean, it, all the stuff he's done, or a lot of the stuff he's yeah. done in the past has been great. So I still would encourage everyone to check that out when it's out. But uh, this piece of work is is a bit of a mess, honestly. You did a video game soundtrack before, right? Did it? Oh, we did. We did, yeah, we did no, Daughter. you guys did. Yeah, we did Daughter's. Yeah, uh, and that was, that was actually cohesive. That was stunning. I didn't like it, well. but it was a lot better than this. Yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. say that. Yeah, it was a but lot more coherent than this. this yeah, I think soundtracks can be, but I think that's probably the choice of choosing, okay, I'm going to use the bits of music that are actually bits of music. Um, yeah. I'm not going to use every little guitar strum that I do. And, yes. And that, and I think that's, yeah. I mean, soundtracks sometimes, I mean, think about, I don't lock, stock and two smoking barrels soundtrack or the Pulp Fiction soundtrack. They're, they're yeah. some of my favorite albums. Yeah, you know, they're brilliant. Yeah. So yeah. They can, you can do a good I soundtrack. Mean, it's just not, ultimately, this, this seems like they're trying to do like some kind of archiving exercise or something. You know, yeah. They just want to keep a record of everything that's ever been done. Maybe because the, the film failed yeah. so much they were trying to Wow. <laughs> Make something out of it. something, <laughs> some salvageable parts, yeah. Apparently he released this at the same time as uh, American Interior, which also was weirdly the soundtrack to a book, which I don't know if you heard okay. about that, but he wrote a book called American Interior, which my girlfriend Kirsten, is. Uh, she grew up in Wales and she's read it. And um, it's about, because obviously he's Welsh, it's, he went to America and spent some time trying to find like the Welsh communities in America. Right. And he wrote a soundtrack to that, which I've heard, and which is 
infinitely better than, uh, yeah. than this. Um, I've, I've had that, and it's also so much better. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. And I think maybe this was him, which actually, I'm going to say it's him doing something that is not really his style, but he's he's clearly got talent to make the sort of jazzy, lounge pop style music, and, and it's a clever, pretty piece of work, but... It, Eventually, it's just boring, and it's the, there's the kind of repetitiveness of that one tune that he has yeah, in a lot of the songs. The one melodic structure, which I know they um, have to do that in a movie. Yeah, but you don't need to replicate. But you all don't those need to, and it's in yeah, it's in I'll nearly every song across the album yes. at some point. And and again, I picked out "Set Fire to the Stars," but also "Tremble to the Light" as two two really lovely pieces of music that I would listen to again. But in in general, I mean, I found you you mentioned "Atom Bomb," uh, Matt. That song yeah. and "B Chop Shop," which is so annoying. Um, <laughs> it's so annoying, like irritating. You said last time about Rye being a ringtone. That that was that was like a ringtone to me. So it's a shame because I, I don't know Super Fury Animals that well, and I would like I would like it if you did that introductory yeah. playlist to them because yeah, I've always been intrigued by them. But um, if this was the first thing I'd heard by him, I, I wouldn't be. Yeah, I recognise the talent. Don't anyone judge. Don't it. anyone judge Super yeah. Furries or his solo yeah, work. I think on that's this. a fair thing to say, yeah. definitely. Because yeah, I yeah. think uh, even the few songs that I do know by the Super Furry Animals is you know, a way ahead of this. But um but yeah, I mean it's it's a soundtrack and it's something he was doing for a bit of fun probably, so mm. fair play to him I think. Mm. But the ones with poems on as well, God. Yeah. They, they were painful. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well we we've suitably dismantled that one then. So yeah, yeah, Wood yeah. is on one of the songs. I just want to say that Frodo is on one of the songs. Yes. So yeah, you know, yeah there is that. It was hot that summer I see that yeah, credit. It's horrible. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh let's talk about why you love Big Thief, shall we? Yeah, well, Matt, yeah. Tell us. So, uh, like, I became, I, I first listened to Big Thief. With it. They've only got two albums out, and I heard the opening track from, or the first single from their first album, Masterpiece, and played that song to death when it came out in 2000, it would be 16, I think. And it was such a good song, and the album as a whole was really, really good, but it was felt very, like, first album kind of thing. Um, and they're still finding their feet. And then within nine months, they came out with the album, which I put on the, the playlist, which is Capacity. And I think as an album as a whole, it, um, for me, is fantastic. And I've listened to that so much over, over the past year. I'm surprised it wasn't included in some of your um, best album of the year. Uh, reviews. I think I did see it in some of the to top 40s and stuff, but it didn't make it to the top because we were picking the top two, so it didn't make it as high yeah. as that. But yeah, it was definitely in some of the top 10s, I think. Um, but to, I think to be able to come and do a follow-up, a debut so strongly and so quickly is quite rare. Um, mm. And the um, like her, her singing itself within the album is so strong it's like the driving force behind the band i think and she um she has like an amazing story like she uh, didn't go to high school her dad paid for her to have session uh, musicians to play with her when she was like in her teens um she eventually got into college without a high school um, diploma wow. just by turning up to the interview with her, oh, her wow. guitar uh-huh. Uh, that's amazing where did she go then did she goes to Berkeley or somewhere yeah she went to Berkeley oh, she went to Berkeley Whoa, okay that's, right. that's it's not, not a bad place to go and do music yeah yeah um, and so like her whole story and mythology around the band is awesome um, but really like what I like about it is just her, her vocals the, 
the way she conveys like the rawness of all the emotion that she's um has through throughout the song but also like there's some melancholy there's a lot of happiness and above all it's very very intimate and sincere and it's something i don't necessarily hear because some of the music stylings is similar to some other bands that are out there at the moment she's often um compared to like lucy lucy dacus mm. um who was also playing over the road yeah and i also i think she's great but what big thief does for me and edges over lucy is the fact that she just has that sincerity about what's going on while um lucy dacus has more of a kind of slight witty edge to her instead and normally that appeals to me but for some reason the, the intimacy and the way she's conveying the songs for for big thief uh just it really hits me and so yeah i obviously f- just capacity up but i also recommend go back and check the um previous albums out or the previous album and specifically masterpiece it's the album's called, called masterpiece right as well the album's called masterpiece the song um and there's an acoustic version as well and it's just it's great it's really really great um so yeah i'd be curious to know what you guys think what do you what do you reckon fran i'll go first i'll say um well I hated this album so much that I bought it on vinyl. <laughs> uh, I've got it on vinyl now, and I went to see them live this nice. month. So, yeah, I was a bit of a oh, fan, nice. really. Um, <laughs> in fact, I'd say, if I'm being honest, um, in the whole time I've been doing Picky Bastards, this is possibly my favourite album that I've discovered new. Um, Odyssey and Hooray for, Riff, Hooray for the Riff Rap would rival that, but um, but there's just... yeah. It is a lot of what you've been saying is 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 it really? She's she's amazing. Um, they have pretty much everything I look for in a band. Really, her lyrics are brilliant, um, and they're doing they're doing folk, but they're doing it with their own interesting sort of twist. Um, and her vocal range, which you've mentioned, is 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 the big thing for me on mythological beauty. Um, the way she switches between the high and low register is just amazing. Um, yeah, it seems so easy. Yeah, and that high register that she's got—I mean, that is fascinating. How she does that with her voice—it's—it's it's kind of brilliant because it's not like any—I mean, you could say high register, but it's not like a normal singer when they go. She's just she does something really interesting with her voice. Um, pretty difficult for me to choose a favorite song off the album. I love Pretty Things. I love Capacity. I love Coma. I love Mythological Beauty, Mary. <laughs> so most of them. But if you were going to put a gun to my head. <laughs> If you're going to put a gun to my head, I'd go with Shark Smile, which I know a lot of people uh, have chosen as a favourite song, but yeah. just the way she delivers it. Um, there's a the line, and she said, Woo, take me, and I said, Woo, take me too. It's such a simple line, but the way she delivers it, it was one of those, you know when you listen to a song and you're waiting for a line to come because you love that part of the song so much? I mean, I must huh. have listened to this song 50 times this month and I'm not bored of it. So, yeah, I was pretty much a fan, and I think me and Nick should probably admit now that we went... Together. So what happened? To see them. Let's just let's just say that um, <laughs> we followed all the rules, and uh, yeah. well, I followed the rules even more to some extent because I hadn't actually got around to listening to this album at all, where or this band ever before when I saw them live, 
Uh, and we went to the really? gig and we did not talk about any yeah. path <laughs> the gig. We literally just ended the gig, left, and just went our separate ways and have not said a word about it until today. So we did follow the rules. Oh, that sounds so bizarre. Yeah, it was really an It was weird because yeah. I, I wanted luckily, to be though, like, how amazing is this? Luckily, though, the guitar tone bit she did, but yeah. we couldn't say it. Luckily, though, the uh, the support act for that gig was so yeah. interesting. We had lots to say about that, which we won't go into now. I think we probably was... should go into it oh, now. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we debated whether the live, the support act, I'm not, I'm I won't mention the name, even yeah, though let's not do that. a lot of people will know it. it. Was we debated whether it was the worst gig we'd ever seen? Um, the support act was so. The bad. support act. The support. Yeah, act. not big feet. Very, very clear. Big feet <laughs> were phenomenal. Big feet were phenomenal. But the support act. I don't know what it. What they. What. Yeah, I don't know what to say. Yeah, there's no. There's no words for that. Let's no let's move on. No, let's move do on. it. Could they? Don't they, kick they, someone when they're down. Um, so yeah. So let, let me say then that my experience of the band was was really odd because. Um, I come to the band never having heard them and then go to this gig. Um, and I thought uh, within about 30 seconds, it was really clear that they were a really excellent sort mm. of musical unit together. Uh, the drummer was really involved. It wasn't, I mean, although I see what you're saying about her vocal, but it wasn't just her vocal that was carrying it. There was a lot of dynamism in the drumming. Uh, the bass player was really solid with it. So I think actually, though, the biggest musical element for me that I absolutely loved in that live experience in particular was her guitar playing, oh, yeah. which had this incredible overdrive on it, which meant that, in other words, when she played delicately, the signal was very, very clean. And when she played aggressively, it wasn't like she put a pedal on. But the mm. actual effect of the overdrive meant they sounded very broken and sort of gravelly. Yeah. And I love that that tone. I've always been into overdrive anyway, but that, that's just a, that's just it was a brilliant example of that use of a guitar. Yeah, and that the meant that her vocals on, um, the song Real Love, which is from the last album. She just the, the guitar solo she did on that was yeah. just mind blowing. But so yeah, the so vocals were great. She was pushing herself really hard. She was really sort of jumping around in registers and stuff, but the guitar was matching it so well. The pairing was was just excellent. So I really, really enjoyed it. Um I, I really enjoyed the album as well in general when I got back to it. But I will say that sadly for me, because the gig was so good, the album like was never quite as amazing as the mm. seeing her live for the very first time. <laughs> you know, you couldn't compare yeah. to like this. She was just leaping around. She was, you know, she was really, really into it. It was so loud, obviously. Um, so I, I, I don't know what to say about the album, except that I thought it really, it, it's got a lot of excellent things on it, a lot of excellent things on it. Uh, I think it was very consistent, really well executed. But I think seeing them live is, is really worthwhile. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think yeah. it was yeah. that that was just a stellar performance. So that's why when you said at the start, well, you know, what would I th- want to see live? This is the band I'd want to see live yeah. out of those six yeah. without question, um, because not only are they the best of the six bands anyway, yeah. uh, but they're also the biggest disparity between the quality of the recording and the live show. Because um, for my to my ex- ex- uh, guess anyway because um, this was just such a riveting show. So, yeah, loved it, loved it. I think um, having bought the album on vinyl, I think it's worth sitting down, maybe listening to the album on vinyl as well, yeah. because that obviously lifts it a little bit. I bet it does. What we're listening I to. bet and it does, yeah. It just sounds phenomenal, and it's, it's been... Yeah. It's been pretty much non-stop rotation on my, on my player at home recently, which okay. luckily Kirsten likes it, so she's not been getting too annoyed, because usually <laughs> when I get this obsessed with an album... It starts to get her down. So um, <laughs> with this one, yeah, she's a she's a fan as well. So, nice. but yeah, I mean, the gig was absolutely brilliant. Um, and yeah, I, I, she's amazing. She's absolutely amazing. So yeah, I think we liked her, Matt. I think yeah, you, you like them. Chose Matt. wisely. You have chosen yeah. wisely. Yeah, yeah. brilliant. So, brilliant. Have you seen her live? So, seen them live? No. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Every, That's every amazing. Time been here, or every time they've been here, um, I've been busy. 
Oh. Don't have enough to go. Does it make you feel even better if I tell you that I got free tickets? Yeah, it was free review tickets. <laughs> what? <laughs> I hate you so much. Oh, it was brilliant. It was really uh, brilliant. That's amazing. Yeah, but we did have they're, to go through the support ad. So. Yeah, the support ad was back. so dire. Yeah. There, there was one really funny thing about the gig that we did. We were able to talk about was in between the songs, she did like these like five minute like little speeches yeah. about like how we should all be one with the earth. We should sometimes like take all our clothes off and lie down against yeah. the soil so that we could feel our connectedness <laughs> to, the, to one humanity and stuff like just amazing. I mean, and it was like not it was not written or anything she was just totally free flowing with these yeah. ideas one after another for like a bandmate like she was crazy yeah. they? <laughs> we're looking at like are you okay you know but i mean Which, it, it didn't matter it was it was a great show but i just thought that it was kind of hilarious well that was interesting but i had to get a train oh yeah back to where i lived that <laughs> night so i was kind of shut up play the songs because yeah. i didn't get to hear capacity and I didn't get to hear... I'm imagining she would have played Paul from the first album. I'm, I'm obviously showing here that I've yeah. also spent this month listening to the first album as well. Yeah. Um, which is great, actually. I think it's very good. I don't... It's capacity's better, but there's some beautiful songs on that first album. Uh, Paul's an amazing song. Mm. Um, actually, the one thing I wanted to ask you, though, Matt, the main... Yeah. I, I'm wondering if the main is reason that, have you Have you ever really seen a live, this, Yeah, have you seen a live? <laughs> no. Generally, though, I kind of wondered if the reason you love this album so much is because the very first word on the very first song is your name. <laughs> it starts the album by singing Matthew, and it's like, this is your yeah. favourite album. So, you know. And, and they have a song called Paul, which is my last which name. Which is your last okay. name. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Yeah. So is that, that's the whole it's reason you like them. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay, yeah. so um, shall we Great. talk about next time? Yes. Yeah. Michelle. Okay, so... So is it me leading week, next uh, time, yeah. It's you, Fran, right? Yep. So why and... don't we talk... Uh, I'll say what I'm going to go with first then, shall I, for next yeah. time cycle? So it's not a, a sort of unusual one this time yeah, we're doing. We're no, doing a normal no selection theme. of albums, the, the normal selection of uh, albums that we haven't heard before but we've just heard of. So uh, I'm doing Why Oaks, The Louder I Call, The Fast It Runs, and also Mount Erie's Now Only. Matt? Uh, I'll, be, I'll be suggesting... Uh, Jean Grey's and Kelly Chris's Everything's Fine and also the album uh, from Screaming Females called All At Once Okay, and I'll be uh, the classic next time is going to be I've been spending a lot of time listening to a podcast called Hip Hop Saved My Life by um, I can't say his name, Ramesh I'm not going to say his surname, he's a, he's a comedian from Sri Lanka and uh, every person I've listened to so far has said their favourite hip hop album of all time is Ready to Die by The Notorious B.I.G. so That'll be our classic next time. And uh, I'll be telling you why I love Nadine Shaw. And I'm not going to do a playlist this time. I'm going to use the album Holiday Destination, which came out last Great. year, which is a third album. So That's good. Let's get back to albums. That's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah. I thought a long cool. time about doing a playlist, uh, but that album just, well, you'll hear next time what I think about that album. Okay. Great. Yeah. And if anyone wants to listen to the playlist, they can go to bit.ly forward slash Picky Bastards playlist. That's and a new invention by Matt, so page. respect to Matt. High so, tech, yeah. high tech. He knows Matt. what he's doing. Wow. He's doing. Bitly. Okay. And, and we have a Twitter, so you should tweet at us and let us know what you think about the albums. Yes. And that's uh, Fran. The yeah, we're at Picky Bastards, capital P, capital B. Uh, yeah, come and say hello. Yeah. Nice. Well, thanks very much. All right. We'll thanks a lot. Uh, June. See you in a month. Yeah, see you soon. Bye. Bye.